You're listening to Real Crime, the Movie Sleuth Podcast. Do <laughs> you need a little baum shika baum baum in there? Well, that music is good enough. The music's great, but sometimes I think it needs a little more porno in there. Dude, I'd bone to this song, the music, this song. <laughs> it's only like 10 seconds long, so I know. quick boning. Perfect. Yeah, you know, perfect length. Just get it over <laughs> with. <laughs> yeah. So this is episode 96 of Real Crime. Old. Yeah, we're old. We're ancient. Just me, H, and Michelle tonight. Hip, hip. Woo. Couple... Two girls, one cup. Yeah. Oh. Two girls, one podcast. Oh. Yep. Oh, how sweet is that? So. Hey, <clears throat> I heard that. I heard a slurping gurpa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So episode 96, we're going to be talking about the brand new movie Mandy yes. tonight. Yeah. But first, I'm going to get to our sponsors, the Flint Institute of Arts. Make sure to check them out online. Also, projectorscreen.com. Still with projector screen. I think they're That's coming up. That's awesome. I think they're coming up with a, for a renewal here pretty soon. And I Flint hope so. is too. Yeah. Somebody owes me some money. <laughs> Seriously. And then, of course, Sellermans, the wonderful yes. Sellermans uh, Meadery and Bar over here in Michigan. Uh, make sure to check those guys out. Last week, I got to try some more of their raspberry mead when they came down. Ooh. How come I never get to be on any show that has mead? It's bullshit. <laughs> they need to leave some here so I have mead every show that I'm on. Yeah, you've got a fridge down here. We need a mead, you know, stash. I think we can get some from them. I'll ask them. I'll ask them. Hey, and you I, sponsor I, a show. You know, and I'll drink it. I'll be like, oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. And everybody will we'll be like, oh, my God, what are you drinking? I'll be like, oh, it's Sellerman's Delicious Mead. Ooh. It is really good, though. Oh, I've had their mead before. Yeah. It, is, it is really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so news, news. Scott isn't here to talk about me getting beat up this week, so that's, that's right. good. I don't think there would be any anyone to do it because nobody's out. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah. weather's too been wet. awful. Yeah, it's really damp out there it's right moist. now. Thanks, Hurricane Florence. It's moist, <laughs> it's moist outside. Anyways, in news, uh, Gareth Evans came out today and said that the raid three is not happening. Boo. That Basically, Raid 2 kind of finished off what they wanted to do with the series. So, sadly, no Raid 3, even though we were all kind of looking forward to that. He's got another movie coming out, doesn't Yeah, he? The Apostle. Yeah, that's it. Looks really, really yeah. good. So, I think he's just ready to move on from that story. That's cool. In other news, Mystery Science Theater 3000 announced today they've got a new season coming up on Netflix, releasing you know, on Thanksgiving. The last season was really good, too. I didn't watch all of it. I uh, It's pretty funny. I like Pat Oswalt, but I, I'm not a huge fan of Fel- Felicia Day. Yeah, well, she wasn't on all the episodes. No, though. I know, but like I saw her and I was and I heard her talk and oh. I was like, ah, I can't. I like Felicia Day. Back. Was Pat Oswalt the the host? Yeah. No. For, not, he was on a few, most uh, of the not, episodes that yeah, I watched. Yeah, but like, not the host host, though. The other uh, guy well, is. The, what's his name is? I don't know. I, I can't don't know remember. I can't recall his name. Tom, I don't really yeah, watch it. Tom. So. I think the bigger That's news this cool, week. Though. I think the biggest news this week is the whole Disney thing with James Gunn. I think a lot of people were shocked. They thought they were going to scrap James Gunn's script for GOTG three, and now they are keeping it and using it, according I, to his brother. They were probably going to do that anyway. It makes me wonder if they're really one hundred percent not going to let him direct because that seems kind of like maybe they're maybe they're testing the waters with that news to see how people react to that and yeah. then being like, oh, he's going to direct it too. It just seems 
you know, like they had to have had some sort of discussion with him on it to use it. Right. I would think so. So maybe they're he just like... He must have still been under some sort of contract. Yeah. Too. It's not like you can just break that. Well, he's still getting paid. Right. He was under contract for like $12 million mm-hmm. to write the story and direct, and they still have to pay him the full amount. Yeah. Right. So why not just use the story? It's really funny, though, because some people are like really like super involved in he's a pedophile he's this he's that i literally had to ban somebody from our page today for real because he was arguing with me all day long james gunn is a known pedophile and he's this and he's that And i'm like he made a couple off-handed twitter comments he never he never he never had sex with a child no that's a pedophile yeah, so this guy was coming at me hard all a day known, long. I'm like, saying that someone's a known pedophile when there's no actual, like, public record, like, jail. Yeah. Pe- that's public record. Yeah. So you could just look that up. Yep. And people on Reddit were freaking out, too. It's, so. just, it's strange because it, it, it kind of is, like, weird. On one hand, Disney's like, oh, we're going to fire him because of these tweets, but we're still going to use a script, so which is it? Like, are you, like, okay with James Gunn or are you yeah. not okay with him? It's exactly. kind of like they're trying to have their cake and eat it, too, yep. with yep. it. Yep. So like either pick one or the other. Either if you're gonna use a script, you might as well let him direct it. Just because right. you're already because you're already like you know saying you're okay with James Gunn contribution to Disney, right? So what's the difference? Right. I guess which set of morals is it? Yeah. yeah. You know. Which which totally enforces that they're probably gonna just be like, oh, by the way, he's directing it. Yeah. They're gonna be like, oh, it's uh, Games Jun. <laughs> <laughs> Games Jun. And he's just got like a twirly mustache yeah, he's got a little is mustache. he asian <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> yeah so that was pretty cool a lot of people are really happy about that i'm happy about it me too why not just use it i mean we've all i've never really made comments like that on twitter but i think everybody has done something offensive in their past well, something i follow james gunn on social media uh, and i remember when those tweets actually came out like i remember reading it and being like <laughs> and that's literally all I did. Well, I mean, he used to work for Troma. And right. Like, and during that period of, like, 2009 or whatever it was, 2008, like, Twitter was, like, no man's land. Yeah. And it was all about edgy humor. That was, like, if you... Like, when they started scrubbing through all these comedian stuff and finding stuff, it was all between, like, 2008 and 2010. Because mm-hmm. that was just the style of the humor at the time. It was, right. like, edge bro stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's, I, was, I was like, dude, like, that's that everybody was, was like that. That was stuff yeah. went super viral. Yeah. That so, was, like, before... I mean, he worked know. for Underground. Trauma is probably one of the most offensive companies there is. Not in a bad way. Or just, but their movies are offensive. Yeah, right. The that's material, what they do. The, yeah, the content you know? in Shock, their movies and everything. Shocking is, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, taboo subjects or whatever. And that's who he was. That's the group he hung out with, you know, so. I don't know. Like, I was not surprised whatsoever when that stuff came out. I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, they didn't know he was like that before. Like, right. did they not look at right. his resume? Did you or? not see Slither? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Again, I'm not defending. I'm not saying anything he did was right. But the oh, fact no. of the matter is a tweet is not sexual abuse of a child. And that's all there is to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Disney Makes apparently sense. agrees because they're using some of his stuff. They ain't too good to not use the scripts. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, moving on from the political spectrum. <laughs> uh, <laughs> other news we had this week is that Zoe Kravitz is going to be starring in a series for the Disney streaming channel based on the John Cusack movie High Fidelity. She's going to be playing the John Cusack role, basically. 
How it was like are a we reboot. Turn that into a series. I don't know. It's going to be a series about a record store, and it's going to be streaming on the Disney thing they're doing. Huh. I think ten episode arc is what they said for the first year. So she's a great actress. She's a great actress. I like her in everything she does. So I just don't know if you could get a whole series. Uh, out yeah. Of that. Maybe. Like reading that, I was just like, all right, how are they going to make a series? Like maybe one series. I don't know about more than one. Yeah. I mean, you could probably do like an episode could be one day of it could your be. shift or something. Yeah, I don't know. You know? Kind of like, like a High Fidelity thing. 24. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Bauer comes in to buy records. He's <laughs> like, I need this record right now. Chloe, Zoe. <laughs> Never mind. Anyways. That was bad. Um, so <laughs> new releases this week. We've got Smallfoot, Night School, and Hellfest. What's so, Hellfest? Um, some like kind of smaller indie horror movie. Oh, okay. Is so, Hellfest the one where it's like this uh, carnival type festival thing they go to and then it's actually like actual monsters at it or something? I swear I saw something on it. There's that one and then there's also the one that we reviewed prior to South by Southwest last year, Bloodfest. Maybe they that's both, the one I'm thinking they of. They both are like really similar oh, okay. in oh, okay. uh, context. Yeah, no, I was going to say, yeah. I think Bloodfest is the one with the circus thing or yeah. whatever. I huh. don't remember. So anyways. The cast for Smallfoot is really good. Yeah, we missed the screening. It was on Saturday morning. So, Like, uh, I, I hope it's one of those um, under-the-radar movies you know like boss baby dude boss baby is so awesome Have i just cannot ba- know oh it's it looks so, so stupid to me i can't no I, it's so like it's like crazy wacky psychedelic like really crazy I've had a couple people tell me it's good and i just can't do it man this looks so stupid it's not at all maybe i'll watch it someday. yeah i mean just one of the I, I it just looks so dumb i can't it's not dumb though <laughs> like it's it's actually it's not you know on the on par with say up or wally but it's definitely like trolls or something didn't it get nominated for an oscar yeah it did for like i think art or uh animation or something like yeah. that i can't remember don't be dumb because there's some really like uh fun house features yeah. in it you know like where it's like goes green and psychedelic and it's really neat actually we talked about it when we did our dreamworks podcast i'm just saying because there's nothing for me to really go see thursday night like i'm not excited for anything this week so oh uh. What do you get to see? Yeah, I mean, we're kind of entering that like pre-Christmas shit where there's just nothing to see. So, suggested viewings this week. Do you guys have any? Uh huh. Well, okay. I it's uh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's an old movie, uh, Lost in Space, because it's on Netflix right now. Yeah, I love that movie. The, the William Hurt movie. I like it too. I don't know why it gets so bashed. No, I don't know why. It's actually really sweet. And um, the graphics are, they don't hold up per se, but they're still pretty cool looking. And the movie just looks cool. Everything was, it was funny to see people and their art direction in the early 2000s, what they thought the future was going to be. Because it was just a bunch of like plastic and pleather and (laughs) neon colors and stuff like that. And like spiky hair and... I think Gary Oldman as Dr. Smith is phenomenal. Oh, it, actually, it's funny you bring that up because he's probably the best part of that entire movie. He really yeah, is. he is. His, uh, when he does the uh, the Morse code to pull Will Robinson in 
and he's like he you can just hear it and and, well Gary Oldman is a testament to you know he's a great actor but the way he suggests to Will and manipulates him so easily I mean he is a kid so it's really easy but he's just so good at being a sadistic son of a bitch like he's just so good at it it's the best thing he does and he does it all the time. He does do it all the time. Even as Dracula, he was still a manipulative... Yeah, he was really good as Dracula. Yeah. I, I can't wait for the vampire one that we talk about, because Bram Stoker's is one of my all-time yeah, favorites. Those practical effects in that movie are mm-hmm. outstanding. Yeah. Michelle, what's yours this week? Um, well, I figured since we were talking about Mandy, I would recommend Beyond the Black Rainbow, mm-hmm. because I feel like a lot of people are are kind of hitting it up now that they've seen Mandy and they hadn't seen his previous work. And I think it's a really good companion piece to Mandy because Mandy's like this really, you know, like intense uh, action pack thing. And then, you know, beyond the black rainbows, this really slow paced kind of atmospheric thing, but they have similar styles of like color. And I think it'd be a really interesting double feature to have. Well, Kyle thinks that they kind of cross over. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. It seems like a lot of these indie guys are doing this thing where they just create their own cinematic universe. Like the guys that made the endless Mm -hmm. it's, it's mixed in with resolution and some of spring and like, it's really cool. Like they put their own little touches, you know, and you can spot it if you're a fan of their stuff. But, yeah, uh, I dug those too. Panos even said that that they're the same movie. Basically, they're just two sides of the same yeah. coin. He's even come, you know, he's even said that, which is really neat because, like you said, it's they're the complete opposite, but they like converge in the art direction and mm-hmm. stuff like that, which is really cool. I'm actually going to go with Housewife. I don't think I suggested this one yet, but I talked to the star today. Um, I reviewed it a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm not going to say it's the greatest movie ever. Um, It's done on a very tight budget. It's directed by the same guy that did Baskin. Mm -hmm. Baskin's a cool movie. Yeah, and it's like total flip-flop, whereas Panos kind of repeated a lot of things Mm -hmm. with both his movies. This goes from like Baskin just being that awful terrorizing graphic horror to this where it's much more like giallo style mm-hmm. <laughs> um it's really cool great lighting in it um the story is very minimal but it's just another one of those movies you know woman fighting with her past and yeah. just all these eerie things are happening hmm. and she gets involved in a cult and then oh god yeah it mixes a lot of eroticism in with it too so it's just really cool. Kind of like Step for Wives and Eyes Wide Shut put together. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's just really kind of weird. It's very slow paced, um, but I really, really enjoyed it. So that's cool. I think that where one's can, out. Where can you see that? I think it's going to be on all the streaming services. It's also out on DVD, but it did not get a Blu-ray release. So. Oh, okay. Yep. Well, if it comes to Netflix, then I'll certainly watch it. I'm sure it will. Because, I mean, so many of the screeners we get, like, a month later. Yeah, I always see them on there. I'm like, hey. Hey, we reviewed this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Endless is on there right now. Yeah, it is. Did you you guys watch it? No, not yet, but I I added it. I dug it. Yeah, Yeah. make sure you watch Resolution first. That's what I told told Jess. You can't go straight into Endless. I mean, you can, but it's so much better if you watch Resolution. I kind of like when the two movies converge. Yeah. You know, I was like, holy shit. Like, that was really smart the way they did that. Dude, I was like, what? 
that? It was like better crossover than Infinity War, dude. I was oh, like, what? Yeah, it's yeah. the resolution, people. And I was like shaking Dave, and Dave had not seen resolution. He was like, huh? And I was like, never mind. I'll, t- I'll fill you in later. Just you shut up. I was Go like, pet sh- your dog. Shut up. Well, that's, a, that's an interesting, well, this is an interesting transition because I haven't seen Beyond the Black Rainbow, and I went into Mandy not knowing anything except for what the trailer showed. Yeah. I didn't even know it was the same director. Okay. I didn't even know anything, but... Well, they're connected more like... I wouldn't say it's crossover heavy like, as like the endless. Like the endless literally has shit from resolution like in it, and you're like, oh my god, and like they're cro- they they yeah. meet each other from different yeah. movies and stuff. Yeah. Right. Like the this is more of like a perif- like a parallel, I guess yeah. you could yeah. say. Yeah. Like there's just elements that like you're like, oh, that's from that and that. Yeah. There's nothing that's like out and out just like you know, like there's not like out and out just like characters from right. Beyond the Black Rainbow in. You know, thematically, maybe. it's the yeah. same. Yeah. Well, I didn't mean that in in like a literal sense. Yeah. I just meant that I had only seen like pieces of Beyond the Black yeah. Rainbow, and then now I kind of actually want to watch Beyond the Black Rainbow like in its entirety because I really enjoyed Mandy and I thought it just looked incredible. That soundtrack for Behind the Black Rainbow yeah, is dude. amazing. I've it's got it on really vinyl. really good. In Scott, like, you need to watch Mandy. You will love it, especially yes, in the beginning. <laughs> so, Mandy. It's good. <laughs> the end. Podcast over. Good. Podcast, Podcast over. over. Um, <laughs> you know, in preparation for this, uh, I really didn't want to look anything up mm-hmm. because I was afraid that I'd get nothing out of it and it was true i literally didn't get anything out of it when i tried to watch or read well i watched reviews on like youtube or whatever and they literally just go from beginning to end about it not necessarily spoiling or anything but i was hoping for more of a uh in depth yeah like a critical oh by the way there's going to be spoilers anybody that's listening to this if you have not seen mandy turn it off now yeah i mean like come back though come back or yeah come back and then watch it because because we're gonna we're gonna be heavily spoilers and this this is what i'm talking about like i was excited to do the podcast because i wanted to actually bounce ideas off of you know each other about certain things and when i looked for that in other reviews and like people talking about it they were all just like oh it's psychedelic and uh there's a lot of red and they sounded like they've never seen a movie before they sounded seriously dumb it was just so <laughs> i like and they actually were all, like somebody accused me of looking too deep into it because somebody had a review and they were like it's literally all styled no substance now i was like what? oh well actually all this stuff going on they're like oh well you're just reading into stuff that the director didn't intend i'm like what if you make a if a director makes a movie and the imagery is there, obviously he's meaning something. Right. I mean, the, this doesn't happen in a vacuum. <laughs> like, I, I mean, think people, even if you are wrong, who cares? Yeah, it's a movie. Know? It's like subjective. Yeah. Like how you, I, like, I think that happens sometimes where maybe we do look for things that aren't there. But this is the type of movie that is meant to put those things there. Yeah. Sure. And to expect us as viewers to look for our own meanings and look for a deeper presentation. And that's all over this movie. It's markered oh, yeah. with it from front to back. Yeah. You know? Even in the super subtle ways, like in the very beginning of the movie, you see you see Nicolas Cage get done with work as a lumberjack and he is offered a beer and he looks almost absolutely disgusted about it. And then later in the movie, he downs a fifth of 
gin or vodka, vodka or whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, that's just, I mean, it it's a really subtle piece to his arc, you know? Well, like, I maybe, think... like, he had, I felt like Mandy kind of filled this void for him, like, that he didn't need alcohol or anything. Oh, yeah. Mandy was his drug, basically, you know? I was and thinking that... Um, when Man... she was gone, you know, then he oh, turned yeah, to... Oh, yeah, then he, it just was, like... He was all bets flooded. were off. Yeah, it just, like, he couldn't resist it anymore. Yeah. He was too weak, maybe. I think there's comparisons to Nicolas Cage's career in this movie. Oh, sure. Starts out all level. <laughs> He's just doing his job. He's an actor. He's a lumberjack. He's just going to work every day, wants to do his job, and then everything starts spiraling, spiraling out of control. And really, you can make that comparison to his entire acting mm-hmm. career. The way he started out one way, and then everything changed, and now he's trying to bring it back to where he was before. I feel like so, he's kind of subdued in this, too. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, people for sure. People act like he's like... I feel like Cage is like Nicholas Cage is turned into like what I like, I like to call a meme actor, where like he's playing himself and everything, kind of like Christopher Walken, yeah, or uh, what's his butt from uh, Ryan Gosling, Ryan Gosling, or Jeff Goldblum is another oh, one. That's, yeah. yeah, like they're not playing; they don't disappear into their characters. They're just like themselves in a movie. Like you can always tell these kind of actors because people will always call them by their name and not the name of the character in a movie. They'll be like, oh, Nicolas Cage did this and this and this. He's just playing himself. Yeah. But I feel like in this movie, he kind of disappears into the mm-hmm. role more. And I feel like people are too fixated on the latter half of the movie when he is up and when he's going crazy. Right. When he's actually kind of like given this really nuanced performance in the beginning. And then he's like, you know, low key, like he's in love with Mandy. They have a nice, quiet uh, existence together as opposed to once Mandy's burned to death and then he's doing the, the toilet thing, which everybody, when I went to Dude. theater, laughed at it, but it's not <gasps> funny. It's not funny. Why were they laughing? Well, because actually... he's in his underwear screaming oh. at shit. But I think a lot of people, I, I don't mean to cut you off at all, but I think a lot of people get in a social situation yeah. and they see something horrific happening on screen, like somebody mentally breaking, and then um, they laugh because they're they're not really comfortable and they don't know how to react uh, to what's yeah, going on yeah. screen. Because yeah. there's parts of the movie, the movie's like purposely funny all the time. Like, I feel like there's a lot of like dark humor in it. I feel like that part isn't supposed to be funny. No, I don't think that was supposed like, to be Like, even right before that, the Cheddar Goblin shit is funny, but <laughs> the, I feel like that that Cheddar Goblin commercial is like the 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 line of demarcation in the film where it goes from the, the soft beginning to the crazy shit. Once that Cheddar Goblin commercial hits, you're like, that's shit's just crazy after Yeah. It, right after He afterwards. even says, he like, he just says it out loud to himself. He's just, you're a goblin. And then he goes to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, dude, I was actually... I mean, it could be just because I'm a, I'm a chick and there was stuff <laughs> going on. But uh, I was getting, like, super emotional during that scene when he was, like, you could see it, you know? Like, carefully, a tear comes out and then he's just like, ah, ah, and then he starts crying and then he just starts raging. And I was just like, oh, God. Like, I literally got misty from it. I was, I was physically moved by it like for real i thought it was an a really really good performance and i can't wait for uh us to talk about hereditary because there's a scene in hereditary that also really shocked me and moved me like i was like how did they get this 
right. emotion. This like for real, like that was for real what how someone would actually react. There was like real, real serious situations well, Somebody was there. saying he went through all five stages of grief in like 30 seconds. Yeah. And then was, the, when I watched somebody, I saw that when I, I saw somebody say that and then when I watched it again, I was like, sure shit, he does. Yeah, he does. He goes through all five stages of grief in like a minute and then it's like, fuck it. And then like that's, and then after that, he's like, I'm going to go. I'm going to go do my thing I'm now. Gonna go I'm going to go forge go, an axe. Yeah. You know, I think the crazy thing is. Nicholas Cage has had this in him this entire time. Oh, yeah. And he's spent like the last like literally 10 years. We're not going to get into all the tax shit, but the reason he's been doing all of those straight to video and straight to DVD and streaming movies and shit is because he's paying off tax debt. Mm -hmm. He owes a lot of money. So he's been making all these low budget movies that never get into the theaters because they pay him a lot of money. Yeah. A few million dollars a, a flick. You know, because a lot of them are getting more attention overseas Mm -hmm. than they are here. But, I mean, it's really cool to be like, wow, that guy, you know, he's been pretty fucked up for a while. Yeah. But he has, like, this talent, and it really shows in Mandy that it's still there. Yeah. Like, the the Leaving Las Vegas, Nicolas Cage, he still exists. Yeah. It's just in the material he's been given. And, like you said playing himself being that Nicolas Cage meme constantly Um, he was in some movie a couple years ago I can't remember what it was but he was literally just a side character Mm -hmm. and he was only in the movie for like 10 minutes he was like some kind of professor or something not central focus at all I remember watching that movie going like holy shit he's not the center of attention and he's the best actor in this movie he's a good actor he is I, a really I feel good like actor. he just like you said he wasn't getting he's a he's a good actor when a director knows how to use him mm-hmm. you know and panos uh knows how to use him he he uses him pitch perfectly in that film it's a perfect mixture of of low-key cage and high-key cage and like he lets it build <laughs> up cage. And like, you know, it's slow in the beginning, establishing shots, establishes character, establishes the relationship. It's not too like contrived or anything. They're just two people dating. It's cool. They have little jokes, inner, like inside jokes, like the, the, yeah, um, Eric Estrada from Chips. That's obviously like an yeah, inside joke. I for actually them. giggled pretty hard when he said that. Me too. Because yeah, he was cute. like from Chips and yeah. he like threw his hip out. I was like, get out of town. Like Nicholas it's a Cage. very realistic relationship in the way it's depicted. And I feel like, you know, a lot of people, uh, more negative things people have said about the film is that A, uh, that she, Mandy is a manic pixie dream girl, and B, that she gets fridged. Um, <laughs> so, which she does I get mean, fridged, she does. kind of. But, but, oh no, I'm not. No, I'm, I'm just saying, saying, like, yeah, she, we're going to the same place, you yeah. Know? She, she, she's in the whole movie, though, to mm-hmm. me. Like, she's like the linchpin of the entire operation of the film. Like, she's in his dreams, she's kind of like guiding him, you know, to spiritually, she's there, throughout yeah. the entire movie. Yeah, uh, Jesse was talking to somebody at work, and he had a theory that Mandy isn't even real. Well, I, did you guys see the after credit thing uh-huh. where it's like she was drawing a picture of, uh-huh. of of red and the tiger and stuff? Yeah. So that it could be that or or maybe he isn't real. Ooh. And it's just a book she was writing. Yeah. Oh, that's that's even better. I like that version better than she's not real because they don't. Um, what Jesse was saying was because they don't show her in the bag. They show something. Yeah. And they show, like, a mouth, but they don't show that it's actually her. It could have been 
anybody really yeah you know that uh, scene was hard oh yeah, yeah i was i was i was like about desperate it. when i'm watching that i'm like that's not her that can't be her no way i was like, they're not how? killing her like this right now right knock no and i'm like oh fuck and then afterwards the chapter is called mandy it wasn't yeah. even called mandy in that when she died yeah spoiler <laughs> Well, I, mean, I think th- I think the guy, what's his name? Uh, how do you say his name? Roach? Roche? Oh, Li- Linus, Linus Roach. Linus Roach? Yeah. Uh, the, he plays Jeremiah Sand, and I mm-hmm. think he's actually really good in that role also, and I feel like he doesn't get enough attention in it because, you know, Nicolas Cage's stuff that he's right. doing. Oh, he creeped me the hell out. Yeah, but he's, like, fantastic, and I, I love, I absolutely love the part where they uh, they kidnap Mandy and they get her, like, super-duper high, and then he's, like, being, like, he's just like look i made my he's making her listen to the music he wrote and like he's like here look at my dick yeah you know and it's like the funniest it's like every it's funny but it's also like scary it's super disturbing yeah because he's like every nice guy and like that's like oh you know why don't you like every guy that's like nice to you at first and then if you reject them they're like you fucking whore right he's like he's like every nice guy that's like you know too into himself and he's like insecure well, and the funny thing, the feeling that I got from that scene was he's done this before. Mm-hmm. They've That's done gets, this. Yeah. They've done this repeatedly. Yeah. Like, it's not just her. He has this down to a science mm-hmm. how he's going to kind of. The term is wrong, like romanticize the situation. Like, you know, it's like he's feeling romantic about what he's about to do. Like he's going to date her. Yeah. But instead of dating her, he knows they're going to basically sacrifice her. Right. Right. Well, no, he wanted to. He wanted her part of his harem. He want. Yeah. Oh, that's her. Okay. Okay. Like the other girl. That's why the other girl, the older woman was all mad at her. because She's like, no, new bitch up in here. You know, like. And then at the end, she says, Jeremiah said that I was his the best lover because of my sensitivity. And she's, you know, she's trying to, uh, she does exactly what Jeremiah does at the end of the movie. She tries to use all of what she can yeah. to save her life, basically. And she offers herself up because that's the only thing she knows because she's been so brainwashed and manipulated from Jeremiah. That entire, the way that scene looks uh, with, like, the, the color shifting and the after trails. And then I absolutely love the part where Jeremiah is doing a monologue and his face is, like, fading in the Mandy's face. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dude, I didn't notice it for, like, two revolutions. I was like, something going on with his face. I was like, <gasps> oh, no, I noticed that it's right Mandy's away. face. I was like, dude, this fuck tripped me out, man. I smoked a bunch of weed before I watched <laughs> this movie. I was 100% so, sober yeah, when I saw that it. That part with the faces, like, blurring into yeah. each other, I actually noticed it right away. And I was like. That was too cool. That is cool as shit. Yeah. And I think that's the other neat thing about these directors is I feel like a lot of them are fall like especially with this movie, they're falling back on like old school like practical movie effects in lighting and cinematography yeah. instead of being like, oh, we're gonna throw all this CGI crap in there. Yeah. I don't think there's really anything CGI in well, this. Well there's movie. a lot of after touching and stuff yeah. Yeah. done. Yeah. Post processing. I uh I watched the Q and A today with Nicolas Cage, uh Lioness Roach with Kevin Smith hosting. Yeah. And there's a lot of really nice, you guys should watch it. It's really a lot of really cool things in it, but they talk about the practical effects and Kevin Smith was, he was like, were you excited about it? Because it's, you know, when I got to make dabbled in a little bit of horror, he's like, I made the person, he's like, I know how to make this stuff by heart now because I made the guy 
show me how to do it. And it was the one thing that I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to do was right. be practical. And he said absolutely everything he wanted to be practical. That's why you got the the rubber and like everything that they did was real except for you know like a few things or whatever but he he said he got inspiration from evil dead 2 oh yeah i could see that yeah for sure for sure so a lot of the lighting effects absolutely oh yeah he's there was another one that he mentioned by martin scorsese even flow or something like that even light or evan i don't i don't know i've never seen it it's an older movie i assume okay um but he said those two movies inspired him to do the the way that they looked and yeah. right, framing right. and all of that really inspired him to make Black Rainbow and Mandy. Apparently, he was making both at the same time. He was writing both at the same time. It shows, yeah. They feel, you know, kind of the same, like, mood, I guess you could say, like, aesthetic. Panos is Italian, too. He's born in Italy. And I feel like that shows through yeah. in, his, in his use of color and his use of lighting. and Because uh, they feel very, uh, like, uh, you know, I don't know what to say. Like, uh, they feel Italian because Italians like to light their horror with the reds and the blues. Oh, yeah, and sure. Stuff like absolutely. That. And it feels like that kind of, especially beyond the Black Rainbow, is very is very much in the in the feel of those kind of 70s Italian mm-hmm. horror films like Suspiria or something like that. I was just like, like Suspiria and... But well, you know, I'd even go as far with like Black Sabbath or Black Sabbath, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, and there was another, there was another one that I thought of earlier too, but I totally understand. Well, you know who his dad was, right? Who's his dad? His dad was George P. Cosmatos. Oh. And his dad made action movies. His oh, dad okay. made his dad directed First Blood Two, Rambo. Oh, that's right. That's his dad right. directed Cobra, which I mean, totally, it's got that yeah. like grindy, mm-hmm. nasty feel to it. And then his dad also directed Leviathan. <laughs> and also directed Tombstone. Oh, sweet. Oh, sweet. Which Kurt Russell, they say, really directed Tombstone. Yeah. But it, yeah. Panos' yeah. father made some pretty great movies. Movies, yeah. So he kind of came up. Well, you, you can know, feel those influences, especially in Mandy. It's very 19... I mean, it's it's in the 80s, like literally right, the movie. Right, it's set in 1983. But it's like a... Like a a combination of a lot of different like influences and and I know a lot of people get I don't know they get nitpicky I guess when you can spot influences like like a lot of people have been like oh you, you know he's taken from this like I can do that with any movie to be honest oh, right. yeah. of course like people act like every there's no directors that don't like steal from other directors they all have influences they didn't just become directors in like a vacuum you know like they all have things they're influenced by it's just so happens this movie is more modern the influences are a little closer to us so we can pick them out easier. Yeah. Right. yeah. But it's like totally like, you know, heavy metal album covers, uh, heavy metal, the magazine, like the comic book, yep, the cartoon yep. for sure. The animated movie. That's totally like how she was animated in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dragonlance novels, f- high fantasy novels from the 1980s, right. Forgotten Realms. Like you, you can just see all the influences in it. You can tell it's like all the stuff he loved growing up, and then he was like, "Fucking, I'm gonna make a movie out of it." Right. Especially the second half. The second half is totally just feels like a fantasy movie to me, like 100. percent Like it's not realistic at all. He's like, it's totally like some Dungeons and Dragons shit. It's I, I, I called it. I called Mandy the best D and D campaign ever. Like it's <laughs> like. Yeah. He, he he fucking forges a fucking axe. Like, that's some D&D ass shit Dude, right there. When he starts forging the axe, I was like, 
what the fuck is happening? How does he know how to do this? <laughs> I said the but same thing. This is fucking amazing. I, I, don't, like, I didn't ask those questions. Like, it's it's so out there. It's so whacked. It's so like, what modern person? Okay, yeah, the movie's in 1983. Okay, we get that. But still modern times. What person knows how to forge an axe just out of nothing? Like, yeah, I'm going to make an axe right now. It's awesome. And plus he had a mold. So it's like, do they, oh, is that like a special mold that they get? Like that guy just makes those axes. Then they look all badass like that. I mean, I but know. I think he, I think that was just a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to take away from anything here. No. But I like, cause I just didn't like, we talked about it, but yeah. I was really excited to actually physically talk about it instead of like typing to yeah, each other. Yeah. But I just, it felt. It did. It was a little ridiculous. I'll admit. It is. Of course. It's totally in ridiculous. the awesome way, though. Like of it's course. ridiculous yeah. in the awesome way. But like, it felt, it felt like something that's like, when he goes and before he forges the axe, he goes to his friend in the middle of the field, and he says, "I need the reaper," and there, that character is put there to make you think that Red has this, this past that we don't know, mm-hmm. and either. Mandy took that away from him on purpose or that he saw Mandy and felt like she could and he didn't want it like a John Wick. Yeah. This was totally John Wick, but just Nicolas Cage with an axe. Yeah. I think there was a lot going on with the Carruthers character played by Bill Duke. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think that that was also a throwback to characters that he had played <laughs> yeah. in the past. Yeah. Like it was a nod. It was like this dude's a little bit older now. We're going to give him this role because we can we can kind of squeeze but him it's in perfect. here, and he does what he's always done best, and it's so fucking cool. Yeah, it's perfect. He and he, I think, and especially seeing him pull out the vodka, you know, he like <laughs> he scrambles for it, but he, I mean, he knows where it is. But I think it's because, and you look at, it, you see it. It's not even like he hasn't yeah. even touched it, so he hasn't had to use it. So I, I assumed when he started forging the axe <laughs> that it was something that he previously did or uh, you know uh as he started as a hobby but he has this crazy ass past he had you a know? previous yeah. past as an alcoholic axe forger <laughs> i'm okay with it i'm okay with that I'm, too i am too but it's, yeah it's pretty i mean it's pretty obvious like it like there's like these little hints and stuff up to like like when he first it's so cool when you watch it again too like uh when he's fighting like the one Cenobite guide and when he's like hooked yeah, up to the Cenobites, pipe. Yeah, the there we go. That's what I was trying to think of. And Sorry. they like uh, <laughs> cut his shirt. He's like, this is my favorite shirt. And then at the end of the movie, you find out that's the shirt he was wearing when he met Mandy. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's his favorite shirt. Like, it's like, oh, you know, like, all. but yeah, like he probably had like a badass past that he was like all crazy and shit and he met Mandy and he was like, I'm going to put that aside and make a life with Mandy. Yeah. And yeah, then I actually, they kind of force him out of it again. I really like that scene that they showed. I'm glad that they put that at the end. Yeah. Uh, because, uh, well, here's the thing. Now, if if he's not real, then I'm trying to just, like, piece it together. But I love that scene because they don't say one word to each other. They just meet, and then she starts to cry. Like, she can hear him talking to her. Yeah. And... Maybe saying, like, I need you, you're right for me, you know, I want to leave this life, or whatever, you know, like, yeah. that's just my inner monologue when I saw it. Because but she her- obviously had a troubled past, too, because she tells that story about the oh, starlings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, she's got the scar on her face. Yeah, yeah. something happened to her. Like, yep. there's obviously two 
troubled people that found yeah. solace in each other in a no, relationship. It's, it's super romantic. Yeah. They I mean, really it, played her down in this movie because I'm actually, I just brought a photo up of her. Oh, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. She yeah. is she's like gorgeous. drop she's, dead gorgeous. She's in, uh, she was in Oblivion. Do you remember that? She, oh, yeah. She's in Black Mirror, the episode where she kills the baby. Okay. Even the yep. baby's the baby is blind and they use the fucking what was it a guinea pig yeah oh yeah it was like a hamster I love that episode. Shit. yeah that's great she's that, been in a lot of stuff she's been in a lot of stuff and she looks totally different i like how they made her look though because it's she looks like, like an 80s metalhead yeah she looks like a like a low-key 80s chick and she's obviously had like some issues in her past and it's and her eyes are so really expressive and beautiful and I don't know. I, th- I I was cool that I thought it was cool they kind of downplayed her mm-hmm. her looks a little bit. Oh yeah, and she's working in that store. Yeah, you know, like out in the middle of some rural community. Mm-hmm. You know, she doesn't need to be all made up. Yeah, and like really fit that community, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it's perfect. Yeah, uh, I just finished season two of Fargo. And um, I don't know if you've actually watched it or not. No, but oh, <laughs> dude watch Fargo yeah yeah for real uh but there's a very there's a similar like that's why I want to know where it was filmed because it's very similar I I imagine it was in like the north you know northwest or like Minnesota or something like that uh because that's exactly what the up uh, the season two of Fargo looks like and it just reminded me of a of an episode of Fargo just not as redonkulous, but yeah. Fargo gets pretty intense, and it, it does that. It starts like that. It starts very slow, and then it just. That's that guy's style because he does. Uh, he's the same guy that made Legion, that oh, superhero yeah, right. show. You know, it's so funny. It's a both. They're both on FX, and there's tons of people from Legion. Yeah, in it. But that's I mean, how he. You know. That's how he makes Legion too. It's like all. It starts out kind of whatever, and then it just starts getting all crazy. Like yeah, every like I don't know where. Yeah, and then every episode after that is just even more on on top of the other. It's just it's a, Chris, you need to watch Fargo. Okay. Yeah. So, why do we think this movie is resonating with so many people? Because mm. it's funny. Like this was like. It wasn't even released in theaters really last week, other than like little things like yeah. the Detroit Cinema, Cinema Detroit. Cinema Detroit. It didn't get a theatrical release, no. but this was one of the biggest movies the last two weeks. I think. I think they thought it wouldn't do well because it, it's it, it, a it's weird looking, um, and it's kind of artsy looking. I wouldn't. I don't. You know, and it's funny because they were saying like they did not expect the the really the reaction it got right like i saw a trailer this long time ago and i was like oh man this was like my number one anticipated movie yeah me too. i remember you posting I was, it i was like pooping about this movie for like <laughs> fucking Don't. months and then i saw it and it was just as good as i thought it was gonna be but um i feel like beyond the black rainbow was also like this really cult underground sleeper kind of a movie like if you when people have watched you're like wow but you, like nobody's ever heard of it like when right. you bring it up in a yeah. casual conversation but Mandy, I think because it had the cage factor, we'll call yeah. it. I think that kind of uh, that kind of helped. I think the simultaneous VOD release got it some word of mouth that it wouldn't have if it had been a limited theater, uh, if it had been just the yeah. limited theater. Yeah. And then people were on, and then I think it just kind of blew up on social media because it was honest, more accessible than it. Yeah. I was just gonna say it was definitely more accessible than a than a movie release because it literally was not playing within it, the only place it was playing was here at Cinema Detroit. And like it was like Grand Rapids or something was the other place. Like it was very very limited. 
See, you would think with something like this, it would be at, like uh, the main art. Yeah. Yeah. I thought or Birmingham it, maybe or something. If it was the main art, it would do really well. Yeah. What's the one in Birmingham? The Maple? Yeah, the yeah. Maple. Yep. They, may, they get a lot of like artsy stuff too. And I'm actually surprised that they're not picking up on that now because sometimes you'll see something go yeah. VOD and it gets really big and then they'll pick yeah. up a they small They might still. I mean, it only yeah. came out like a week or two ago. So right. maybe they'll, they'll kind of get it some bigger releases. It's just crazy to me because, you know, it's this underground horror movie in like everybody is ta- everybody's talking about this yeah. movie yeah my well, when it came out my th- my feed was blown the fuck up about mandy like it was like everybody was talking about it just everybody it's crazy i didn't think it would get that popular to be honest but I, well see like the only thing i knew about it was from uh the trailer that you showed and i thought that um uh, that it was going to get like a bigger release because it had nicholas cage in mm-hmm. it so I'm actually kind of I'm I'm not glad, but I'm I'm happy that it's getting the traction that it deserves because this movie is is leaps and bounds, you know, like this movie is super cool. And I think it benefits from being seen on a bigger screen too, because the visuals are just fantastic. Oh, they are. Like just from beginning to end, it's just such a crazy looking movie and um it's so stylized though that I feel like that's why part of why it's so divisive. Because I've noticed that people aren't like am really am, like ambivalent towards it. Like they're either like I fucking it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to my face, right, right. or I fucking hate it. Yeah, I've never seen anybody in between those two they're extremes like, on eh. it. Yeah, <laughs> and now that it's getting popular, now you got the old you know people that just because something's popular they don't like it. Yep. People coming out of the woodwork yep. now. Um, but you know, I could see why somebody wouldn't like it because this, it's so, it's stylized to such a degree that if you're not down with wh- how that looks, you're going to be fucking mad the whole movie. Cause oh, it looks right, like cause that. It's that. The whole movie looks like yeah. that. And it's very specific, like aesthetic it's going for like that, it, it, like psychedelic heavy metal cover dragon lance book like <laughs> what is that like, like a, that's like such a weird combination what did you say, of things. A pot smokers van oh or yeah whatever. i said it looks like the side of a stoner's van <laughs> yeah totally from like i like 1983. how we both, i know i like how we both came up with the stoner van <laughs> reference. there's there's one movie this really reminded me of and i've not seen anybody make this comparison yet so i'm going to throw this out there this movie if you took the mandy element out of it it's very, very similar to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Where Dennis Hopper basically goes into hell to take yeah. out the entire family. And he's in all those crazy ass rooms and is just killing Dude, shit. Dude, I like that movie. Everybody hates it. It's like, I like that movie too. I mean, it's not like good. It's trash. Like, oh, yeah, it's total trashy good. But it's trashy good. Like yeah. trash piece good. Dude, I even love three. I Three's, like three too. Three is insane. <laughs> three is Leatherface. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that one was good too. It was like in the cabin in the middle of the woods, which really didn't make sense in Texas, but right, yeah. but it's it's still good. Uh, Jesse compares Mandy and Upgrade. Oh yeah, he says that they're the exact same movie if you take out like a few things. Well, I think yeah, you get a lot of tropes that are repetitive throughout a lot of things. But yeah, Upgrade's awesome, too. Yeah, Upgrade is totally badass. Well, Upgrade and I think Mandy are like this new interesting... uh, I think people are getting tired of big budget stuff. And they're not ready... 
like there's no mid budget movies anymore. Yeah, it's all yeah. either super indie like micro budget stuff or it's like fucking Marvel ten million bazillion yeah. dollar movies. There's like <laughs> there's no mid movies. With, yeah. Like upgrades a perfect example of a mid movie. It's like kind of low budget but not so low budget that it's like it, you can tell. But it's not like a blockbuster thing, so it gets to be kind of subversive and transgressive. Yeah, I think it was like so. ten or twelve million dollars. Yeah. yeah. Those mid budget genre films are like great because you can kind of explore all this different stuff without having to worry about you know big hollywood executives you know busting your balls but you have enough money to where you're not scrambling and like kind of like you know going to the dollar store to right shit out. it's like a good medium thing and it, i feel like mandy's also in this like mid-budget kind of it's got the indie feel but it's got you can tell it has a little bit of money behind it you know well i think with these you know movies like mandy or upgrade um when they do have less of a budget you can't do all the things you can do with a hundred million dollars. Yeah. So being limited to 10 or $12 million, you have to create, you have to literally create the visuals. You're not doing it on a computer. You're doing the practical effects. And I think those limits are awesome because they create they bring better out. looking. Yeah. It's why the old star Wars movies are better than the new ones. Oh my Cause God, Lucas yes. had less money and therefore had to be more creative and like more passionate and then when he was given infinite money then like then he went to shit kind of you know because because he didn't have to like yeah you know I, I don't know why this is like a phenomenon but it is like the more money not necessarily always more money equals bad and i want to say that no but i feel like you know oh, my purse is still a wet. little diversity helps. well it's the it's the same thing as when you get a new car that has a really cool stereo in it you're like mm-hmm. oh now i can do xm and now i can plug yeah. my phone in and i've got a gps too you want to use all those new yeah. tools that are given to you whether you need and, them or not right and i think like you know with star wars that in movies like that like they're given this massive budget and it's like oh well, we didn't spend all that money yet, so yeah. let's let's add an extra 150 X wings in here. Yeah, and, you know, make shit. <laughs> more. I'd be like, all right, we need more. to um, have a rap party, and we're gonna use the exact money. Uh, I want everybody to have a steak dinner on Wednesday at eight o'clock, so we're gonna use that money. <laughs> like, I yeah. would just spend it on like the cast and crew, like drinks, food. Well, they have whatever. to account for it though. So. Yeah. so. That's what accountants are for. Well, I know, but I mean, it's being put to good use. It's not like it's being wasted or anything like that. Like, right. if you've got what you got for the movie, if you have enough for the movie, I'm saying, you know, yeah, put it to good use. You know, pay somebody to cater <laughs> to the, you know, I'm just, you know, you need, they need Hookers to live. for everyone. Fuck it. I'd be interested to see, like, what money Mandy has made versus what the budget was. Ooh. I wonder if it's made a lot over the budget or... How much was Mandy? Well, you guys keep talking, and I'll uh, look that up right. for you. Well, hmm. Well, I'm we can talk about of... the themes of Mandy. Like, Ooh. I found, I really found this interesting idea of, like, I was thinking of this when I first watched it, uh, about how if you contra- con- contrast, like, Red's character and Jeremiah Sand. Like how they're like these two sides of masculinity. Like mm. red is like this hyper aggressive alpha male stuff. Right, right. And then Jeremiah Sands is like this. Ins- he's like the insecure, fragile male ego side of it. Like he can't even handle somebody laughing at his dick, be- <laughs> wanting to burn him in a bag. You know, 
um, and like they clash and and I love like Sans character like right at the end he says I'll suck your dick man yeah, yeah. that is like the greatest line and and I don't think it's necessarily like even homophobic or anything it's just like he just he is he's like so desperate he's so desperate yeah and like he is like you know giving himself to red like sacrificing himself to him like i'll suck your dick mouse do whatever you want <laughs> i got these cheeseburgers man yeah it's like <laughs> it's just such an interesting like i love the way his character is because like he's always going between being thinking he's a god basically right. to like to this crying with his mascara running in the middle uh, like, i'm not good yeah. enough shut up shut up yeah it's like, so great like he his acting is so he, good in that he was uh in the q a he talks about that scene and how he talks exactly about that like how he thinks so highly of himself and he said that he the actor i'm saying um he said that he's been on like spiritual quests yeah. and stuff like that. So he's been around people like that, and he can pick out the ones that are the narcissists and yeah. the ones you know. So that's what he drew yeah. Jeremiah from. Like he was like, "Oh, well, I've been around these people exactly, so I'm going to act like that." And he's like, "Not to obviously that degree, right?" But but that's how a lot of those cult leaders are. They're oh right, narcissistic, like, the but they're man. also insecure. You yeah. know, like have you ever seen The Master? Oh, yeah. The, That's great. The cult leader in that is exactly the same way. Oh, he's, yeah. He's, like, simultaneously thinks he's the best thing ever and, like, the worst thing ever. Yep. So there's really no financial information out there other than the budget for the movie was only $6 million. It's got to have made Are more than that. Are you serious? This had to have made more than that in the first weekend. Oh, I would think so. I mean, just from Amazon and yeah. iTunes sales, it's got to be easily over. Well, I would that's think. good. I six million is not a lot either. I mean, six million is not. Like, do you know what I could do with six million dollars? I couldn't do anything. I'd suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't suck at it. I would pay people to do it for me with six million dollars. <laughs> suck your dick, man. Yeah, I got these for six million dollars, man. <laughs> Better be a good blowjob. I mean, for six million dollars. <laughs> Better last a Better last a week. God, if that lasted a week. My face would fall off. But man. Yeah. Oh, and the music in Mandy. That oh, was man. Johan Johannes. Oh, is gosh. Oh, I, I was kind of hoping to end on such That a was one of his last note, but, yeah, it was scores. The, it was the very last thing that he worked on before it passed. Man, and it was like, it's it like fantastic, good. too. Yeah. And they started out the movie with King Crimson? Yep. Right? Yeah, Scott, yeah. you have to you have to watch this movie. Yeah, this they is use a Scott King Crimson. Movie. It's like basically a a doom metal album yeah. cover come to life and yeah. made into it is a movie. It's seriously a doom metal album, start to finish, like music wise and everything. That's so funny. I've noticed a lot of like the guys, people that are into heavy metal a lot, and like they're like the pickiest motherfuckers on the planet too, and they nitpick Scott. everything. They hate everything that's like <laughs> metal. Scott. They've been kind of shitting on Mandy, like oh, it's fake poser metal what? stuff because like everything's poser to metal people like nothing's ever good enough ever even the bands they like they hate even uh in the so like Q&A, star wars fans yes sure. oh for like star wars but fans. yeah i've seen a couple heavy metal people purists be like oh my god it's like poser stuff you what? know bieber do and yeah johan johansson in the q a uh pon, pon, panos 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 Yo, cause penis. Yeah, there we go. Uh, he says that him and Johan Johansson bonded over Icelandic doom metal, so it's like that's why he made. That's why he agreed yeah. to do it. 
And it's cool because the soundtrack is like very synthy, but it, it's also very like it's got the doom metal riffs like spliced into it too. Mm-hmm. And there's actual whole parts where it's just like the doom metal stuff and like, it is. like barely any synth. And like man, the Mandy's theme is fantastic. Like she has her own theme music, mm-hmm. like the love theme, and it comes back later. And I had the when I was writing my review, I put the OST on YouTube and my headphones. Like as what I always do when I write reviews, I listen to music. And I was like, man, I kept like getting distracted because this fucking soundtrack's <laughs> so good. So good, yeah. You know that shit's coming out on vinyl. Oh, it. Ma- oh, it is. I think there's three different versions that it are coming ma- out. It's it matches the visuals perfectly. Yeah, it really does. It the whole movie is just one compliment after another you know yeah almost like a music video yeah Yeah, in many ways oh it's like a long music video for sure but yeah those visuals in the end when he basically goes into hell yeah for the most part like that shit's brutal really from when he he fights the cenobite fuckers yeah you know from then on and the chainsaw scene oh my god like that oh look at the blade on that thing that brings me to the one gripe that i do have about the movie the one, what I call it, a snafu. I yeah. called it one snafu. Uh, was the <laughs> was the chain? How he like perfectly wraps the chain around the dude without a weight. Like in physics, that wouldn't happen. You, that's just not possible. So there's a fantasy element yeah. there. That's, Escapism. Yeah, that's the only thing. I I mean, because that just wouldn't happen in real life. That I don't care how heavy that chain is, it would not perfectly wrap right, around right. a neck like that. So and, and it didn't take me out of it at all. I'm just like no like that's all i did and then he pulls him down on the chainsaw and i was like yes that happens all the time though oh well, i in know chainsaw fights um yeah in chainsaw those, fights in only chainsaw in chainsaw fights, fights. jesse yeah. said that if it almost feels like it might have been a mistake like they just couldn't figure out another way or i i don't know he'll have to explain it he could who he could explain it better but he well, said that movie if, where somebody's like throws an axe at somebody's head and hits some square right, right. and also forges an axe <laughs> like previous to that I mean, I just that like, goes towards your I didn't, fantasy. I didn't think about the chain thing at all. Like, oh. it's the least... The the whole hat last half of the movie is so fucking ridiculous. Like, True. Like, anything... Dude, that oh. act scene was so badass, I though. Know. That was such a... Like, that was like an honorable death. Yeah. When he sticks it in the mouth. Oh, yeah. Just, like, and oof. he slowly just... And he let the girl go because he knew she was victimized. Yeah, that she wasn't... He oh, only, yeah. He only yeah. killed, like, people that he knew were, like, dicks. Like, he left well, the see, other girl alone. She's so brainwashed, though, that I I feel like that she's in it now, you know? That she could, she's a part of the problem now. Yeah. It's too late for her because she's there. Then again... Maybe she reminded maybe him of Mandy she, a little. Oh, maybe. Yeah, and he felt bad. Yeah. There's actually a moment that's that kind of similar to that. Maybe still f- to save her. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. Uh, but uh, in... Uh, Lone Wolf and Cub and I think it's the second or the third film uh, the main samurai guy uh, lets one of them go like he's an assassin and he kills everybody and then there's one woman he lets her go because she showed some kindness to his son and it's like that exact same dynamic like yeah. he looks at her and just lets her go and then they do it in that movie too it makes me wonder if that was like an homage to that or something oh maybe or... I mean I wouldn't doubt it but it's very possible Oh, and I found out that the Cheddar Goblins commercial was directed <laughs> by the same guy that did Too Many Cooks. Ah, perfect. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's not even a real commercial. But I distinctly remember, uh, maybe this was in the 90s, I remember a really fucked up commercial, like not the Capri Sun commercials, yeah. but like a food commercial yeah. 
that had some crazy ass monster not barfing all over kids, but basically it was just <laughs> well, like Well, I'm sure they they were satirizing something. Yeah. There was right. something this was based got, on. And they were yeah. like trying to get into that era. Yeah. And there's all kinds of crazy shit that was coming out. Oh yeah. With breakfast foods and shit. Oh, like there that, yeah, you for know? sure. You can buy Cheddar Goblin merchandise now. That's perfect. On, there's I want like it. hats and shirts and like you can buy boxes of it. That's just Cheddar Goblin. They're going to make millions off of Cheddar Goblin. <laughs> they should have a, they're going to make a spinoff movie called Cheddar Goblin. Cheddar, Cheddar Revenge Goblin. of the Cheddar Goblins. You never know. You never know. Oh, another really cool thing from the Q&A, uh, Roach, Linus Roach or whatever, he says he calls him uh, Jeremiah a god at one point and then the very opposite he called him like a golem because mm-hmm. he was so like ah, you know i was like "Ooh, that's so cool i mean i hate lord of the rings but whatever do you think the ending is happy or sad <gasps> that's a good question i've actually thought about that and i don't considering the way the ending looks i'm not sure he's even i think he's still there yeah he's still I think he didn't like you like, oh, this is him leaving there. I think he's still there. I think he's stuck there now. Yeah, that's what I think. Oh, stuck as a maniac now. I know because he enters there like hellish the hellscape, basically. Oh, and And then at the end, he drives out of there. Correct. He's in the car at the end. And then they like pan up and show the sky and it's all fucking eerie oh, that's and right. yes, yes. crazy looking i think like one of mandy's paintings i think he's still there like i don't think he drove away i don't think he drove away i think there's he like he could have just died he could have died the fire. he could have died there um but i don't think there's like redemption with this story yeah no i, don't I think, think it was he's like you know i think he went back off the deep end <laughs> well, he I got think... back to where he used to be in life. Yeah, yeah. And he now he's red. stuck. I yeah. think because Mandy of... was the only thing keeping him, keeping him back, right? Keeping him. Um, what's the word? Sane. 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 <laughs> yeah. No, I get the feeling she that that was not him. a happy ending. That's how I took it too. Yeah. yeah. Well, like... they even say like when he talks to the guy in the trailer, and he and the reason that the Cenobite guys are like that is because they took too big of a dose of the lsd and he says it fucked them up forever like they were he's like man they took too much of the bad stuff and they were never right after that right and when he goes into their house and he kills them and he does that little dab of it yeah i think he's permanently like seeing an lsd trip and he can't come out of it anymore Mm, and that's that's why the world looks like that i feel like i think he's just crazy now like i feel like he has the same issue that the biker guys had like he's stuck in a trip and that's why you can see Mandy. He's like just tripping. Dude, that guy in the beginning, he downs an entire jar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good God. That's why they're so crazy. They're <laughs> well, like yeah. tripping all the time. You know, and they're like, that's why he says they like pain. They're just all, they're not they're so, on our oh plane anymore. They're not anymore. on our level anymore. But he yeah. wasn't, I don't know. I, he didn't do enough to like. Just that little, he I literally, this is so funny. Dab. He was like, just touched it and he fucking blew his eyes up. Can you imagine like any more than that i know like that dude chugged a mason jar yeah i love the the effect on their eyes when they would trip and just open their whole eye up Mm -hmm. until like you couldn't see their iris anymore when she uh when she brought up the dropper i was like "Ooh, somebody's getting high and then they stung her with a big grody ass bee yeah i was like what the fuck probably because the poison just heightened it like when you when you roll, you're supposed to drink orange juice. I call it the cherry on tap. I yeah. Was like, I was like, ugh. 
Yeah, for real. That's I forgot oh, about man. the beast thing. Yeah, totally or whatever. That, that was like some crazy ass hornet thing or whatever it was. And when he goes to see the maker, mm-hmm. uh, the chef, yeah. if you will, uh, there's a bunch of bugs on his counter. Oh, yeah. While he's making it, when he's touching the sheet, there's like bugs there. Was that Richard Brake? Or was that? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember his name. Yes, but I I think you're right. He's the guy who was in 31 or whatever. and He was the only good part of it. Is that who played he's the, in, the I think cook? so. 31 was terrible. Yeah, absolutely. He's in a tons of stuff. He yeah. wasn't he was just in a like the previous season of Supernatural. He's in tons of stuff. Yeah. I absolutely love that part though cuz it's so cool cuz all this crazy shit's going on and then it's quiet and then he comes in and the guy's like cooking the shit up or whatever and the guy like can already tell like that that Nick Cage is like gone mm-hmm. and that he's you know, obviously cuz he makes the stuff, you can tell if people are on it and I right. think he's on it too. Oh yeah, he well he tastes it. Yeah. And, and then he's I like, th- mm, it's, it's good or mm, yeah. it's perfect. And I then think he talks that's about the tiger. what puts them on their level. I think like if you're on the LSD, somebody else has to be on the LSD to like communicate with you kind of. So like they're like, it's like a different plane of existence or whatever. Yeah. So because he wants to taste it, then he can see, he sees all that black shit around his feet. He's like, oh man. like, he's like got millipedes. Of, yeah. And he says it, he's like, do you see that? Yeah. <laughs> it's his hate. Oh, it's so great. What do you think the tiger means? I don't know. Because he's wearing the tiger. I think it's just symbolizes him. him. Yeah, Maybe. you think so? It's yeah. just like his... His, his spirit animal. His yeah, I was going to say it's like his spirit animal, maybe yeah. his favorite animal, you know. That's uh, where he has a shirt with a tiger on yeah, it. That's yeah, that's how it starts. Yeah. And then you see the tiger and the, and uh, he says, I know it's good when she's calm. Yeah. And, and then he released. Cause then he, and now and the then, tiger's out of the cage, yeah. just like Nick's been released from his uh, cage. Yeah, so I'm wondering <laughs> if like the tiger just represents red in tigers general. are really 80s too yeah like oh, there was true. a lot of tiger shit in the <laughs> 80s i'm serious though just all over the streets yeah just tiger shitting everywhere because <laughs> i mean at the end of the movie it's interesting um that he's the tiger is like his wisp you know yeah, yeah so yeah. i'm wondering it like uh like you said, that maybe she was just writing a novel and that yeah. Red isn't the one that's real. I'd like, I actually, I'm going to go home and talk to Jesse about that as soon as I get home. Be like, open the door and slam and be like, Red's not real. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, that's, just a that's fantasy novel. I interpreted novel. it, but it, since no, it's like great. also afterwards too, so you could be like, oh, it's like a little more of a reinterpretation of the stuff. Like yeah. maybe it's not like canon or whatever. Right, but, right. But, you know, no, I thought it was kind of really, cool. Yeah, that's an interesting perspective because I hadn't thought of that at all. I actually really thought that that was in real time, that all of that stuff was actually happening. But it's a really it makes more sense as a fantasy yeah. that he's not real. You know what I really like about, with the about yeah. both of these movies, though? <laughs> Which in, one? Beyond the Black Rainbow oh, okay. and Mandy. These are like one-offs. Like... We said before they exist in the same universe. He's even said that, that they kind of hold each other's hand. Mm-hmm. They exist in the same world. But, like, it's the rare instance of a horror movie because everything gets a sequel now. Yeah. We're not going to get that. No, no, And no. I like that I don't have to think about how are they going to fuck this movie up by making a part two because oh. it's never going to happen. I and really, I um... love it that it's a standalone story. There's not going to be anything else made of this. Maybe he'll make a third movie make this a trilogy that all kind of revolve around those same ideas, but not, they're not really 
directly correlated to each other. Yeah, that's a better idea of how to... Isn't that like how um, Old Boy is? There was three of them? Oh, yeah, the yeah. Vengeance Trilogy. Yep. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Like that, right? Like a one theme, one uniting theme, but yeah. compl- three completely different films. Yeah. It, are those Endless guys going to make another movie? Well, the Endless ones, it's... Uh, spring. Spring, and then oh, Resolution. Have, oh, And then, because one, the, one of the chicks from Spring is in right. uh, the Endless. That's, like, the same thing. They did, like, a trilogy, like, loosely. It's in the same universe, but yeah. they're not... Well, Resolution and Endless are straight connected. Like, those yeah, are... I all, sure. I yeah, sure. Yeah, they actually cross over. Yeah. So. I honestly think you can't. You shouldn't watch Endless without watching Resolution first. Okay. Like, it's just... You're you just missing, yeah, yeah. You're just missing so much in the 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 story. When they get to the uh, the RV in the last one, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like yeah. now it's all. St- and then the cabin, I'm like, "Oh, cool! Yeah, <laughs> it's all in the same place." Yeah, yeah. It's That's cool. what I'm thinking. Maybe um, Beyond the Black Rainbow and Mandy are their film or the uh, it happens at the same time. Both of them are set in the 80s, and then when the only thing I know about Beyond the Black Rainbow was that she escapes. Spoilers is that she escapes her her yeah. prison. Yeah. And when she walks out, it's like this vast area, and you can see like a mountain range and stuff like that, like in the background. Like she has no idea where she. I mean, I that's all I remember. I about think it. Kyle said he believes she's entering in Beyond the Black Rainbow as Red is leaving. Ooh. I think that was his yeah thing that he said the other day. So. I don't know. Ooh. There's probably nothing to that. Oh, of course. But. Like it's all speculation, which I which I absolutely love. And he's even uh Panos has said that this is straight up just a revenge movie and that he loves the idea of a revenge movie. It's one of his favorite genres, you know. It, and there's there's this really neat dichotomy in the revenge movies and like say beyond the black rainbow mm-hmm. where it's just straight horror thriller you know right, like yeah. that movie's so claustrophobic and then the way that these two mesh it's like those venn diagrams yeah that you see where everything meets in the middle you know there's like this perfect uh sphere where and it's so awesome that you said that she's leaving and or she's entering mandy and then he's leaving that makes Entering Mandy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so awesome. Yeah, like she escapes and is running off into possibly the same forest that they live in. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, that was just such a... I love that we can... Uh, whether it's true or not, I we love We can estimate that, what's yeah. really... What might be happening. It's we'll so never know. Cool. That's why I can't wait to talk about Hereditary. That one, I'm, I'm going to throw up all over this mic. <laughs> I am so excited for that. We could actually spin the podcast off into separate episodes where we have our regular podcast, but we do other episodes just directly on movies too. I see a lot of people doing that. Now. Like we we dude, have all this time. Yeah. We have all this time to do this. Um, I know we're going to probably wrap up in a minute, um, but on the vengeance note, um, I watched this movie last week. I posted a review of it. It's such a piece of trash, <laughs> but it's so good. Um, it's called Death Kiss. I should have oh, actually yeah. done this as my suggested viewing. It stars um, Robert Kovacs. Um, AKA. His new name, they're calling him Robert Bronzy because mm-hmm. he looks so much like Charles Bronson. He's right. Balls Tronson. He looks exactly <laughs> like him. He sounds like him. Um, 
The movie is god awful. I'm not going to lie, but I still gave it like a four mm-hmm. out of five because it gets the whole death wish thing down. So has he been pat. in other movies before this guy? He no. Um, he has another. Or wait, I think he had a western out uh-huh. in which he played the Charles Bronson yeah. character what? too. That's yeah. so funny. It's really cool. No budget, like literally no budget. Probably in the thousands of dollars. Yeah. Um, he's gonna start is- Bronson exploitation, oh, like Bruce exploitation. Oh. I mean, the like the he gun looks scenes, just like him. He, he looks, looks exactly like him. I mean, him. I, I, you're right. He's he's Bronson or Bartles Johnson. I Bartles Johnson. <laughs> No, it's really cool. And like people are really into it. I mean, the movie, like I said, the movie's garbage. Yeah. The script makes no sense, but they do like they've got rape and they've got people getting their heads blown off and people getting their chests blown open and all kinds of crazy violence. It makes no sense. It's just like the end of the original Death Witch. Yeah. yeah. Where they just like devolved into like nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. All the canon ones. But he actually has the physicality down too. He like moves and yeah. like holds the guns just like Bronson. I was gonna did. say there's a it's crazy. The picture, the thumbnail that you show, I was like, yeah. And then yeah. the tra- the whole trailer, I was like, this is not the same man. Like, no, no, it's <laughs> so crazy. But there's a really I like the um, and same thing with Nicolas Cage. I like the resurgence that we're seeing here in these revenge films. Oh you hell know? yeah, it's That's awesome. so awesome. We had John Wick, John Wick two. You know now we have Mandy and. I would even go as far as to say as uh, Mad Max Fury Road was also a, a, venge- a vengeance movie. You yeah, know? yeah. So like we, and then going even further back, the original Mad Max is totally like oh, the a, original a, one, right? Yes. It's a yeah. pioneer revenge, you know, revenge film. So yeah, I just think it's else? super neat. Do we have anything else we want to say about Mandy? Uh, man, watch it. Covered. Yeah, it's just good. It's on yeah. Amazon. Yeah, for can, like seven iTunes? bucks. Four ninety nine now. Oh, oh really? Yeah, yeah. I just looked it up. It's four ninety nine on Amazon. I can't wait for it to get a Blu ray. Support Nicholas Cage. Yeah, this he is needs a, your money. It really, comes out next is... month on Blu ray. I think. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, a couple weeks. Is it gonna come out on four K? Uh, maybe. I it's don't gonna know. like the Blu-ray is only like fourteen. Yeah, the, the Blu-ray is super cheap too. So we want to prevent Nicolas Cage from having to set up a Patreon th- or a yeah. GoFundMe. <laughs> I think. And speaking of Mom and Dad, I loved Mom and Dad. I hated. I, that oh, movie. I thought it was I liked so Mom and Dad neat. That was bad. Well, I liked him in it mostly. I thought he was great, and I I'm a fan of Selma Blair too. So, but. This is a really really nice turn for Nicolas Cage. Yeah. I think. As well, he like, gets to kind of. Be himself again and not yeah. be like I mean because mom and dad is meme cage movie oh totally like, kind of, yeah totally. it's totally like you know it's like no there's no subtlety to it it's just you know, do crazy stuff Nicholas Cage he's like okay but you know it's Mandy's like so much a better use of like that power and that I think he, has. he knows cage that power. because he's actually out doing yes. press for this movie I think yeah. he's proud of it yeah I think he's like so. hey you know what maybe I can kind of. You know, pull a John Travolta. Yeah. Oh. You know, where Travolta came back for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now he sucks again. But, you know, maybe Nick Cage is ready for that. Second wind. I second think, wind. I yeah. think a lot of it, too, is that people are expecting that meme Cage. Yeah. And then when they're not getting it, they're like, oh, like it's an actual surprise. They're like, oh, so this is this is what you really do. Okay. You know, you're not just a super famous dude from a super famous family. Yeah, you know, right. With all this money, apparently not. But he doesn't have any of that Coppola money, though. No, of course <laughs> no. not. But I'm just saying, you know. He was ousted long ago. Poor Cage. I Poor know. Cage. Poor Cage. And he was talking about too that you know he was actually 
in a wheelchair and he was like this movie was i don't know what he was in a serious accident or something okay. he was in a wheelchair and this movie because he had to do such physical things mm. like that's why you see his leg he's limping a little bit because right, he right. actually had an injured leg in real life huh. and it made him it motivated him to a like, little bird yeah to get like better and he you know he actually panos wanted him to play jeremiah yeah I and think, i was like get out of you no know who way. else produced this um elijah like, wood yeah that's elijah one thing wood. We even, how did we not mention it in the first oh, place yeah. elijah he produced wood. it i was like what I'm so glad. Thank you. Elijah Wood is all over the place now. And uh, Nicholas Cage, the first thing he says is, "It." I would like to thank Nick, uh, Elijah Wood because he made this movie possible. Elijah Wood likes weird shit too. He was he in does. that he Maniac, was in Maniac movie. movie. That was really good. I thought. Too. I guess oh, uh, he said that him and uh, Elijah Wood were on a set together. Trust. Mm. I and uh, they bonded over old school horror movies. Oh, cool. And, like, that was their their niche. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I was like, ooh, that Q&A thing is super cool. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, I have to watch it. Uh, just look up Q&A, Mandy Q&A with Kevin Smith or something. Because it was really cool. And Kevin Smith looks really good. So, uh, Oh, yeah, he's all skinny now. Good for you, man. All right, you assholes. Make sure <laughs> make Jeez. sure to check out our full episode that we did on Nicolas Cage a couple months ago. Oh, yeah. It's actually a really cool episode. It is really cool. If I do say so myself. Yeah. We'll be back next week with episode 97. We have absolutely no idea what it's going to be about. But it'll so. be uh, it'll be October. It's going to be about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it will be October. We're going to be starting stuff. Halloween stuff, guys. Yeah, Halloween stuff starts next week. Yay. All yep, right, yep. everybody, give us a round of applause. Woo-hoo. Good job, guys. Yay, Great conversation. Thank you. you. Golf clap. <laughs> have a great night, buttholes. Bye. Visit us at www.themoviesleuth.com and find The Movie Sleuth on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and iTunes.